Good morning and hi out there, everyone. Happy Friday. Thank God it's Friday, as some would say, although it's always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. I see YMI, which is in case you missed it, SMB stands for small and medium-sized business. I've been an SMB advocate, consultant, enthusiast, and owner for over 20 years now, and I am in great company here on Fridays at talkradio.myc. I hope everyone had a chance to listen to Philanthropy and Focus with my man, Tommy Demisa who has great energy and guests. He, uh, I'm so awesome having Tommy D join the lineup here on Fridays with this SMB Friday that we have going on these days on the station. Over the last two decades, I've noticed that some of the best thought leadership for SMBs happens on Friday when we feel the freedom of the weekend coming. However, we're so anxious to start the weekend and start partying that we forget these crucial pearls of wisdom. We overlook them in favor of our fun weekend activities and freedom from work on always Friday. We take advantage of that weekend freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMB leaders and their trusted advisors. Coincidentally, my last name means free in German. This is not just a play on words here, people. It's a fun fact for everybody. The name of the show does have some deeper meaning. So we got some weekend freedom. I've got some shades on. John's got some shades on. Let's get this party started. Today's topic of discussion is valuable insights from your organization's data. Some folks out there, myself included, total information junkies, especially in 2021, everybody is deeply immersed in the information age to the point where we're producing and digesting so much content on a daily basis that it can be overwhelming. Many SMBs out there, they're just looking for ways to figure out how to use this data to really get, to, get them to more revenue and more success. The questions become, are they looking at the right data in the right place? for the right reasons, in the right context, at the right time, and so on and so forth. I've, especially lately, I've been asking the question myself, are SMBs getting the most impact out of their data? I'm all about impact here, you guys know that. Or do they just have a massive data dump of analytics to try to sift through and try and figure out? So we're gonna be talking about that today. While we're on talkradio.myc, we do not want this to just be about talk. The goal here is to use the insight on the SMB landscape, take it, learn it, live it, love it, and use it to create more impact come Monday morning. We like to bring a fun, unique perspective on the people, process, and products that are driving SMBs today. You guys know far too often I feel SMBs are focused on the product that's going to solve their problems, the shiny new mousetrap, the magic wand. In my travels, products change every single day in every other facet of our lives both personal and business. There is no substitute for surrounding yourself with the right people first and keeping focus on the process that is going to help you achieve your goal. As long as you do that, I do believe the right products will present themselves when they're needed by the SMB. Everything begins and ends with the people. So while we're on the subject of people, there are two people I want to talk about real quick before we get moving today. Uh, the first is in remembrance of uh, a friend of mine, Jennifer Bolvanoski, who passed away on Monday this week. I know Jen from my days in Hoboken, New Jersey. She was vice president at A&E Networks. Uh, single mom, two kids, just a tragic story. My heart goes out to Jen and her family. Um, the second person I want to talk about falls into the hopes and prayers category. Jack Silver, who is the son of a good friend of mine, Michael Silver, a founder at Focus Partners. Uh, Jack has been diagnosed with uh, mild dysplastic uh, syndromes or MDS. 
hopefully I didn't butcher that name too badly, uh, an often unrecognized, underdiagnosed, rare group of bone marrow failure disorders, and it's actually a precursor to leukemia. So Jack and the whole Silver family, they've been raising money for donations to the MDS Foundation. I actually received my Strikeout MDS and Leukemia shirt just earlier this week. I'm wearing it today in honor of Jack and his family. If anyone out there would like to check out the cause, definitely look up hashtag Jack Strong on Instagram. So in the spirit of surrounding yourself with the right people, there's my man, John. If there's anybody that looks nice and free feeling, it's Jonathan Colavita. He's our special guest today. He is head of U.S. sales for Parlometric. Parlometric is a Sweden-based natural data partner for companies that want to deeply understand how their brand, products, campaigns, competitors, employees, are general or general trends are perceived and discussed. Due to recent world events, a paradigm shift has happened that has redefined the way we conduct ourselves and the way that we integrate inter- interact with the modern world. By using technology to our advantage, we can help businesses grow and pivot with the times. That's what Parlometric's all about. Artificial intelligence, in many cases, is replacing human intelligence. There is no need for humans to waste their time with data analysis and data migration. And believe me, I've seen a huge amount of time wasted on that, especially in the last couple of years. The narrative, uh, the AI narrative analytics tool by Parlometric is changing the game within the analytics realm. The right AI tools for the job, it's, it's, you know, if you have a hammer and you throw it through a window, not really going to do the right job for you. Uh, John and his team, they're all about creating the right AI tool belt for your jobs so that your company can be propelled in the right direction within the technological revolution. John lives in my town, Manalapan, here in Monmouth County, New Jersey. John is married. His wife's name is Nicole. He has two kids. His daughter, Ella, is 11. And his son, Massimo, is nine. What a badass name, Massimo Colavita. You don't get much better than that. John's hobbies are surfing, downhill skiing, reading, golf, and martial arts. He is absolutely the most ideal person to discuss the theme of the day today. It is what he deals with all day long, every single day. We're going to be talking about the value of narrative analytics, more people and story-based data interpretation over metrics-driven analytics, more product and structure-based data interpretation. This is the stuff that I believe, and I know John believes, will help SMBs work smarter in the pursuit of their goals. In addition, we're always going to discuss my favorite three questions. Who is your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? And what is your favorite musical instrument and the artist who plays it? But uh, in the meantime, we're going to sit by the fire pit. I'm going to tell you guys a little story uh, before we get into talking with John here this morning. I have always been obsessed with data. Just an information junkie. Guilty as charged. Sorry. Uh, I, my first job after graduating the University of Maryland, I was an information systems for business services major along with finance. So i uh, always been a people guy, then process, then product. So right there with you. Uh, the, my first job was as a data analyst. As I said, you know, it lit a fire with me 20 years ago, c- completely fascinated w- with how data can be filtered to really tell a better story. Uh, Most people know this was my first job out of college. DataStream was called Conversion Services, now called DataStream Content Solutions. Always been a big data guy. 
You know, but most of you know, I'm a people guy first and foremost. And the thing that really unites all of us is being able to tell a phenomenal story. So when we get into our talk with John today, the whole concept of narrative analytics blows me away because it's all about the story. That's what narratives are. So as opposed to just a whole bunch of pile of data where people get all the analytics behind it and then try to figure everything out. So, you know, first and foremost, again, the thing that unites all of us being able to tell a phenomenal story. So here's a quick story that I was told by someone I look up to a great deal. Don Connolly, he's a speaker, trainer and coach from the financial and insurance professional world. So just going to lay this on you guys real quick. If you guys see this picture, this is a picture of Merle Haggard. In 1966, Merle Haggard wrote a song called Mama Tried. You know, most folks out there know that I'm a Grateful Dead fan and the other deadheads out there, they know this song as well. It was played at countless Grateful Dead shows over the years. But what most people don't realize is that Merle Haggard went into the Country Western Music Hall of Fame, essentially on the strength of that one song, Mama Tried. Years before Merle Haggard passed away, during an interview, he was asked, you know, 27 different artists recorded that song. They were okay. But you went into the Hall of Fame. What's the difference? And Merle said, that's quite simple. They were singing the words. I was telling the story. How powerful is that? I mean, I, I, I run into this stuff day in, day out. I'm very big on the idea that life is 10% what happens to you and 90% what you do with it. Merle Haggard was just telling a better story. Life isn't scripted. You know, having the experience and really being able to identify with the story and get it out there, it makes all the difference. So on that note, uh, there is a book from my library that came to mind for our talk today, just talking with John here. Um, and that is The End of Business as Usual, Rewire the Way You Work to Succeed in the Consumer Revolution. And that's by Brian Solis. He's the author of Engage. I believe he even did some time as a, as a newscaster at some point. But there's some great stuff in this book. And a lot of it, you know, it was, it was uh, published in 2012. A lot of it goes right along with the idea of how we can really use our data and our story all together to all together now Beatles style uh, to really make the most impact. And since we're looking to make impact come Monday morning, I thought it was great to share some of this stuff with you guys here today. So, you know, quick beginning of the book, um, you know, before it gets into the first chapter, uh, there's a section that says a quiet riot, the information divide and the cultural revolution. So I want to read you guys a couple of things from here. It, this, there's a section that says the human genome meets digital DNA. There's an expression that's often used to explain why we perform the simplest, uncommonsensical, or most mundane of tasks over and over. It's because we are just wired that way. As difficult as it can be to accept, things around us are constantly changing. The only constant is change, causing society, life, and humanity to change along with them. We initially question or resist the events unfolding before us until they either recede or prevail. Then we adapt, constantly changing our routines, even if the slightest of traces. Uh, every so often, though, the events that emerge and play out before us are so transformative that evolution is disrupted, giving way to a revolution. The effects affect social development, human behavior, and ultimately the course of history. How we were wired is quickly becoming outdated. 
The new models of us are wired differently for the modern lifestyle. How we interact, learn, and mature is different. Everyone else is left feeling antiquated, out of touch, simply unaware of the differences. But for those who get it, like you, you're constantly looking for ways to get rewired to keep up. The simple truth is that things and people are changing right before us. We live in interesting times, and the change we're experiencing now is nothing less than historic. Even though this was written eight years ago, nine years ago, at this point, I do believe that holds true. Chapter 18 in this book says adaptive business models, uniting customers and employees to build the business of tomorrow today. I also thought there were some thoughts here that, that really go a long way with this. If you're currently working within the confines of a larger matrix organization, there's some great thoughts in this chapter. Even if you're not a leader today, operating as a change agent will make you a leader tomorrow. The infrastructure of customer relationships within business today is usually managed by a combination of methodologies, operations, and technology known as CRM, or Customer Relationship Management. Connected customers, however, are inherently elusive, and designing an adaptive infrastructure around engagement requires a new and dynamic approach. These incredibly influential consumers don't simply wish to connect with brands in new interactive landscapes. They expect more. As such, the mission of adaptive business is to design experiences that deliver tangible value in return for the attention, endorsement, and resulting activity data of the connected customer. I thought that was a phenomenal start to our show today. We're going to take a short commercial break. We'll be right back with John Colavita, head of U.S. sales for Parlametric. Stay with us. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're going to be talking with John Colavita, head of U.S. sales for Parlometric, a Sweden-based natural uh, learning platform, uh, narrative analytics company, just doing some phenomenal things that are revolutionizing the way that people look at data and integrate it into their story. So we're going to get started here in just a moment with the method portion of the show here today. So the method portion, what do you do? How do you do do it? How do you go to market for it? I've been looking forward to this a long time. John knows that. So the thought that I had here today was when it comes to data and SMBs, I see far too many instances where people are looking at the data to try to figure out their story. I would argue the story comes first. It's about the people in the process before the end product. So, John, awesome to have you here with me today, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Steve. So, you know, again, method behind the madness. We get to the madness in the next segment, but talk to me a little bit about Parlometric, what you guys are doing, how you're doing it, how you're going to market. Lay it on me. So we are, we were two years research-based before we even jumped into the commercial market. We were working with Malmo University, Loon University uh, to really cater and make sure that the program that we were putting together was something that was superb. Uh, After the first two years of research, we switched over to the commercial market in Sweden and Denmark and uh, immediately arbitraged it. Because what happened was, is that we realized, as you had said before, 99.9% of the analytics companies that currently exist are data-driven, and we are the one percenters that exist in a realm on the other side of the universe. Uh, But what we really try to point out to people is, is that we are not a data analytics company. We are a data partner. There's too many analytic companies out there that are just dumping data on you, Facebook analytics, Oracle analytics, Google analytics, and we come over to you and kind of tap on your shoulder and say, hey, you're looking through the wrong side of the telescope. And we flip it around and we say, we're your partner. We're going to help you navigate through this Byzantine conduit of crap and allow you to see what the data is really seeing, not really focusing on necessarily the metrics, the clicks, the views, the likes, and the impressions, but what the people are saying, the sentiment. And if there's one thing that we know, somebody giving me a thumbs up or a thumbs down doesn't tell me anything. Somebody clicking on my website doesn't tell me anything. It could be your cat, could be your kid. You could have sneezed. Point is, is that you've been looking at data metrics for the last 25 years and guys like Google have been totally taking advantage of you and selling it to you and making you do all the heavy lifting. We've come to realize that 90% of the work has been done by the humans, even though they've become or they thought they became optimized by joining some Google platform. And what we realize is that we want to do 90% of the heavy lifting and allow you to go back to do 10%, which is most important, the the creation and the innovation. If I spend nine-tenths out of the year analyzing the data, by the time I get to the data, I don't even want to look at it. And what we found in marketing departments and PR agencies and media agencies is that these places that deal with the data don't really want to. They are creative by nature. And creative people by nature are not analytical. And so asking someone to put on a hat that they don't want to wear for the last 20 years is eventually going to create a burdensome. And we could see now at this point, it's out of control. Marketing departments don't want to look at the data anymore. I talk to marketing departments all the time. They see us coming in as a resolution, a solution to a very complex situation. And in the past, all these marketing teams have really just been buying the data and then being forced to figure out what it says. And unfortunately, they don't know. If somebody gives me a thumbs up, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. 
I don't know what that means. You get thumbs up. How do you feel? Thumbs up. Well, I don't know how you feel then. You didn't really tell me anything. And so if language is the one thing as a common denominator that allows us to express our deepest, darkest emotions and feelings, then why in the hell would we not go after the narrative? And that's why we are the one percenters. We are better than everyone else in that realm. There are a few NLP companies that exist, but again, they only work in a singular frame and the people that they partner with have to do all the heavy lifting. We have come to realize that we encompass all of them, even though there's a very small portion of them, we do everything under one roof. And because of that, we've created affiliations and partnerships that already, now that we're only three months in the U.S., have, uh, have blown up. We are now integrating ourselves into uh, platforms of ginormous caliber, and we're realizing that not only have we become one of the tools in the toolbox, but we are actually the brain behind the machine. So um, we are, I, I can't say, uh, there, I can't express enough how happy I am to be given this position. I've already brought people in. So the method I think is study first, work about it. Don't just go into the market with something and then dump it on people and, and have all kinds of glitches. We spent two years of biting away at this in Sweden. To the point that when we dropped the bomb, it was too late. Everybody fell in love with it. PR companies, media agencies, they've realized that we are their solution. They can now remove the data hat that their clients are forcing them to wear and say, well, now we have a solution. We have a data partner for you. We have this company that's going to deliver the data to you. On top of that, they're going to go after language, not basic metrics, and they're going to give it to you live. And then this way, the media agency, consulting agency, PR firm has to no longer be left with the burdensome heavy lifting of data analysis for their clients. And you know their clients are going to say, give me data, give me data, give me data, because that's what they've been doing for the last 20 years, except the data that they had doesn't mean crap. It doesn't mean anything. If 77% of people say there's an increase in in e-commerce, why? What does that mean? Well, my data, my tool can say that out of that 77%, 67% said it's because of more e-commerce. That driving dynamic alone will push someone into a dimension. I have clients right now that are retail-based clients that said to me, I need to make an e-commerce platform immediately. Jeff Bezos was joking about it in 98 and said, you know how many people are going to come out in this? And everybody said to him, you're crazy. And then Y2K came out. It's all going to shut down. And yet we're here. So the ball is not rolling backwards, it's moving forward. It is e- it's essential at this point, with the advent of the 5G network coming in, that data is going to spiral out of control, and no one's going to be able to navigate through it. So we've taken a step further and said, we're not just going to be a tool. The tool is only a part of what we do. It's the partnership that we create with you to help you understand we are not a data dumper, we are a data navigator. Dude, I love your passion. I love it. I'm so fundamentally aligned with you. I, I could kiss you right now if you weren't just through a Zoom call. I'll kiss you right back when I see you later. Absolutely. But the one thing, one thing that you said really hit home with me, and that is creative people by nature are not analytical. And I think that's a powerful statement because you know, I, I've studied personality profiling fairly intensely over the years. And the idea of a stable analytic versus an ego expressive person, especially as to your point, you know, with branding agencies and marketing, you know, that's an ego thing. You're trying to talk about yourself and your brand and get, get it all out there. But, you know, what, exactly what you were saying, just data that gets dumped on you and trying to run analytics and sift through it 
the people who are the ego expressive folks that are in marketing departments and who are the business owners themselves sometimes, they're trying to figure this stuff out, which is really the job of somebody who's super analytical with it. So I, I'm totally aligned with you. You know, what are some additional thoughts on how people can, I, I, and I know you're going to get into some of what what the tools do and what your what the approach really is with, with it. But, you know, again, I look at this again, it's, it's understanding the people first, like, who are you working with? You know, who are you trying to partner with? Who are you trying to distribute to? And what, you know, especially on the partnership side, like who are you working together with to get this message out there? Are you guys telling the same story internally, externally, or everything surrounding this? You know, lay it on me. How do, how do they best leverage us to tell the story? I think the, I think one thing, because this is a small to medium to big size, right? This is what we're looking at is the small to, to big, right? Your show is about that dynamic. My company can now serve the small and medium sized markets. Because the people that have these custom algorithms, Bezos, and so on and so forth, are not giving them to you. Why would I equalize the playing field? If I'm Jeff Bezos, and I'm about to create a, a, a pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical vertical, then why would I share that with Pfizer? Oh, by the way, Pfizer is one of our clients. My point is, you are not going to be granted access into that wealth of knowledge if Jeff has been working on it since he stole Dragon Speech 25 years ago. There's no reason why he would have any reason to share this with you. And so my company says, by the way, why we're a data, a data partner is not that we've just made this narrative tool. We're already here in the camera. So we're already taking it steps ahead because we understand as part of the people, this is a group of very highly intelligent people out in Sweden. And I'm just, uh, what I've come to realize, it's the people, right? The Swedes are wonderful, uh, but they definitely need somebody to navigate through the American space. And so that's where I fit in. And that's where I am as far as the person in this process, right? And so are they as the people in this process, they've understood, they put the time and the research in. And now I've brought myself to that team and we've now brought it together. And it's very interesting when a company is already three steps ahead and looking at technology that's six years down the road, then they even understand that eventually people are going to get tired of the narrative data and what's next, the visual data. And yep. so by us even having that product line already down the pipeline, my customers are already aware that you're just not getting an AI tool because we're not an AI tool. We're an AI team that is now coming together to help you understand what's being said and eventually what is being seen. And so when you look at it that way, my clients start to realize that, oh my, my goodness, this isn't actually a service product. This isn't, I bought Facebook analytics. I'm going to have to do all the work of putting in what I actually want to see. And then Facebook analytics is going to dump it on me. And then I'm going to spend all month in the beginning of the month, making sense of the data. And then by the end of the month, when you're on your screen, looking at the data, the data isn't even valid. And so another component that we've added to this is live integration. Now, there are other, a few, very few, less than five that have NLP and also live, but they also don't have custom algorithms and all of these other components that we've encompassed the whole group with. And the, be the beauty of this is that by looking at the narrative and breaking down the sentimental analysis, companies can now understand their clients to a degree of marketing intelligence that they never have before. If I can go on a forum, let's say an HR forum, and somebody's talking about a payroll plan, and they're voicing their opinion on uh, HR forum X, 
Steve would know all the forms. And he would say, okay, I hate my current PPO plan because da 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 And they're expressing the sentiment behind that. Immediately, my computer, along with my team, will go out, pull that sentiment, drive it back to my client direct, and allow them to go into the lead live, as opposed to going through some Salesforce list that's 16 years old, where I go to type on it, and all of a sudden, sorry, this line is no longer valid. So now let me get this straight. You spent a million dollars, 2 million, 10 million, depending on the size of your company, 20, 50 million on a, on a list that is not even in any discernible order. And then you're paying everyone at that company to then take the list that Salesforce dumped on you because they're not even giving you the back end service. They're saying, hey, we're Salesforce. We optimized you now because we could find everything really quick. <laughs> Here you go. Boom. Here's all the puzzle pieces. We'll dump them on your driveway. Good luck. And then you're not only spending a million, two million, 10 million on data. Now you're spending a million, two million, 10 million, 50 million, 100 million on the migration and the analysis of the data. And by the time you make sense of the data, the data is no longer valid. And if markets are changing constantly, and by the way, let's go this. You would agree with this, Steve, and and the pure fact of this, that. Things are moving faster. People's minds are changing. Marketing intelligence has to be live because with the inundation of information, especially with the next geners that are coming up, if you don't get them like this by tomorrow, they're gone. And if you think you have a hold on that pulse, you don't. A lot of method behind this madness. We will be right back with the madness portion of things on Always Friday. Stay with us. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. You know you have it. The potential for a more rewarding life. A life that matters. But how do you get there? The answer is in a best-selling book by the coach of the successful and wealthy, Ken D. Foster. The Courage to Change Everything. Daily Strategies and Wisdom to Awaken Your Hidden Genius and Transform Your Life. With this powerful yet amazingly simple daily guide, your future is in your hands. You will be empowered to unlock your potential, bring out your true gifts, increase your wealth, and take your life and business to a new level. Get your life-transforming copy of Ken D. Foster's The Courage to Change Everything by going to couragetochange.us. That's couragetochange.us. Quite frankly, there's no other book like this. Imagine what your life could be like if you had at your fingertips the success principles to create the life you've always wanted. Are you ready to live your dream? Go to couragetochange.us. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
Welcome back to Always Friday, everyone. With me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're talking with John Colavita, head of U.S. sales for Parliametric. And uh, we're getting into the madness part of our discussion today. This is the observational part of the show, stories that John has seen out there. No subject is too taboo. Anything goes. And I'm sure he's got plenty to talk about around this subject. But I want to kick it off with a thought. Is And that thought is that you know, nowadays, some folks out there might have heard me say this before, and it's another Don Connollyism, a gentleman who I referred to earlier in the program. But um, you know, there's any number of ways using Google or other major search engines, the internet, the technology that we have access to these days, to find what I would call a map and a compass to try to figure your way through the wilderness. But the fact of the matter is that most most often, folks are asking for a guide. When, those, when it gets dark and those night noises start, trying to navigate through the wilderness using whatever map and compass you found can be a very daunting task. So SMBs need that type of guide. They need that type of partner. And I think that's what we're talking about with John today, is that SMBs, they have access to a lot of data analytics, but there seems to be a disconnect with the lens that they're looking at it through. And that disconnect revolves around they're trying to figure out how to use the map and the compass instead of working with the right types of guides and partners that can guide them through the wilderness. And who better than Parliametric based in Sweden, which I think the Nobel Prize might actually be from there, if I'm not mistaken. But um, yeah, these guys seem like the ideal, ideal guides and partners through this wilderness. So John, what is the madness that you've been seeing as of late? And I'm sure there's a ton of it. Lay it on us. Uh, yes. So we are in all divisions, small, medium, and large in all verticals as well. Uh, because what we've realized by not being a tool and being a partner, everybody needs a partner to, to get through the dance. And so let's say, for example, we have a company right now that was worth a $100 million valuation. They had put together um, a real estate platform that is going to streamline the appraisal system to a degree where uh, instead of an appraisal taking three months, it takes uh, three days or a week. And so what is happening with AI is that, and this is the madness, is that it's creating complete transparency. And it's happening across the board. I just got off the phone with somebody who is a consultant for uh, political candidates in the U.S. And transparency is key. There's a lot of hidden uh, fees and a lot of hidden deals that are going on when you equate the human aspect in the process. And there are certain things like mig migration of data and data analysis that are taking a lot of time out of the process. Let's talk about appraisals and taking and adding too much extra overweight as far as price. And because of that, it doesn't work. And with this company that I'm working with right now, they have now been able to produce a live value of commercial real estate. Our tool, now that company is only based on, they only have AI tools that are numeric based. They have no tool that is narrative based. And because my tool has now come on, they have gone from a hundred million evaluation to a $1.2 billion evaluation because we are looking at the other end of the spectrum. If you're not considering what's being said in the narrative, how do you know? We're also working with fintech platforms and creating stock predictors. Because if I can go out and listen on a stock forum or a Reddit location or a place where day traders are talking and I can analyze that language, well, the hedge fund will find that invaluable because people are saying they're going to buy something before they buy it. And if my, my tool, along with my team, can pick up on that language, 
then we can we can send that to you and show you immediately what's going on. Case in point, we predicted a stock pop five days before it blew up. And it's become invaluable to people because let's say Merrill Lynch or the other companies that have all these hedge funds, they've only been looking through the numeric vision. And to add the narrative component to something like finances, well, emotions and finances are, I mean, they couldn't be any closer. And to understand how somebody feels about something, we can then start to strategize how, let's say, a hedge fund would position itself when people are going to buy and sell because they are going to say they're going to buy before they buy. And they say they're going to sell before they sell. Not many people, for the exception of maybe Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan and Einstein, will just do it. That percentage is very small. The majority of Americans or people in general say they're going to do something before they do it because they live a life predicated in fear. Oh, and yeah. So by say talking yourself through the process, you kind of semantically allow yourself to throw in 10,000, 100,000, whatever you're gambling on. Because you're telling yourself, okay, this is working. And my company realizes, well, then if you're saying it on these forums, then allow us to send that data back to you and show you what people are sentimentally feeling around a stock, a candidate, um, your product, anything. And everywhere people are talking. And so the madness, madness, what I'm going to tell you is that it's going to spiral out of control with that 5G network. And to be able to navigate through that space that's that's very intense. And again, we always keep coming back to the point that there's a lot of these companies, for example, this gentleman who made the real estate platform, it's all they're all tools. My company has become not only a tool to add to the platform, but the brain. And that's a huge, 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 huge difference between just putting a bunch of tools. I'm not saying AI tools aren't valuable. They're valuable to many companies because they serve their purpose. If I'm building a house. I need a screwdriver. I need a hammer. I need a bricklayer. But I also need a subcontractor to oversee the whole thing. Because yep. if you wanted to build a house and you said, okay, well, I want to build a house and I'm going to do it by myself. Here's the lumber. Here's the hammer. Get to work. Oh, wait, I need a guy who knows how to do this. Oh, yeah, right. Well, that's where we've come to realize that let us show you. Let us build the house for you. Let us use some of your tools that you may have, but let us show you that my tool in conjunction with my team is about to change the game for the way that you are going to understand the sentiment behind the metrics that you're looking at because it's no longer metrics, it's language. And on top of that, we've created a customer DNA. So we tailor the algorithms in the platform to the client's needs. If you're an HR company and you want us to create a, let's say, a lead generator tool and go into the back end where the conversation is happening and send the sales representative there live, we'll do it. The point is, is that this company can build anything because we don't do, we're not a data dumper. We're not a tool that's designed for one purpose. We're a company that has a multitude of tools at its service and disposal. And on top of that is helping you understand what the narrative is saying. And that's that's the big difference because there's other NLP programs out there, but they're not doing what they're doing. They're again, they're falling into the same trap of all the AI tools. Great, you got a screwdriver, but as long as it's just a screwdriver, if you don't pick it up, it's useless, which means now, great, you have an NLP tool, but you're still doing work. And my company realizes that by us doing the work and being your partner, you don't have to. And so who cares if it's an NLP tool 
if it doesn't do, if you have to do all the heavy lifting again, you, you, you basically just fell into the same trap. And so our company has realized that it's not about being a tool. There's every tool is used for the job. Batman uses a batarang, Gatling gun. It all depends. But you have to be able to know when you're using the right tool. And on top of that, layer these tools over each other to show you a huge swab and be able to articulate on multiple levels what the data is saying besides just the metrics. Interweave the metrics with that. Take the quantitative and the qualitative and infuse. And now you have something special that you've never really seen before. I heard a big message in there of don't be a tool coming from Johnny Colavita for sure. But it's, you know, I've always been a numbers guy, John, and I, I love where your head's at because even though I'm a numbers guy, it doesn't change the fact that when you're in a presentation and this is really anybody in the room, the second that numbers are, are being spewed out there, it's like, even for numbers, people, they tend to zoom out, but the stuff that they latch onto is a good story. And here we are back at square one again of it's about the story. It's about the narrative. It's about the people. People come first. It's very difficult to teach anybody out there about Parliometrics process and their actual product and platform even. It's one of the most complicated things out there right now. But everybody can identify with and, and learn and understand a good story. And, and, and I think that's where this is all coming back to. You agree? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that uh, as time progresses, people will become more familiar with it and accepting of it. I think that the younger generation has no problem with transparency because for many of them, like my children that are 9 and 11 years old, after their birth, their whole life has been on Facebook. So they have no privacy. I think people really need to think about that and suck that in and realize that every child since the advent of the internet, for the exception of people don't have access to those tools, which is now changing because third world countries have access to it with the access of 5G network, that your child's privacy has been on life. And now that you've prepared them to do that by taking videos of every little tiny thing that they do, we have that and it's ours. And you gave it away. But I'm not here to, I'm not, I'm, I'm, listen, it's okay because the younger generation is accepting of it because they were nurtured and born under it to the point that they can't live without it. So at this point, it's a necessity. It's as simple as that. Yeah, we got, we got a lot of great stuff here, John. Love your passion. Love where your head's at with all of this. A lot of method behind the madness and a very powerful message to take away from Monday morning. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with John Colavita, head of U.S. sales for Parliometric. Stay with us. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a 
business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're talking with Jonathan Colavita, head of U.S. sales for Parlametric, a natural learning process organization specializing in narrative analytics and artificial intelligence. If you guys like small, medium-sized business discussion, please stay with talkradio.myc for the 12 o'clock show, The Entrepreneurial Web with Jeremiah Fox, bound to take away something awesome from that. Uh, We're into the last leg of the race here with Always Friday. We're at the messaging part of our show here today. So what should everybody take away with this? What Friday weekend insight can they take home to really make a big Monday impact? And, you know, I've been thinking about this for a long time, Johnny, but you know, when an SMB knows their people in process, their story and strategy, the structure around how to best use their data just becomes clearer and clearer and clearer. And that's where the narrative analytics and the natural learning that all becomes the champion. But what do you think? What's the message people need to take away? 1918 flu hits, creates uh, a disturbance which sparked the Industrial Revolution. Carnegie, Rockefeller, and uh, Vanderbilt. Human labor, fabri- fabricators, manufacturing, the advent of all of that, oil, steel, so on and so forth. 100 years later to the day, arguably COVID coming out in 2018, we just didn't know about it push the next generation to a century, which has now forced the technological digital revolution. Now it's Musk, Bezos, and Gates. It's no longer human labor. It's artificial labor. And by implementing artificial intelligence into your company's profile, you will allow your company to survive for the next hundred years. And if you do not implement these tools, believe you me that others will. And in the process of doing so, you will fall further and further and drown deeper and deeper. If I look at just basic narrative analytics, yeah, sure, your company can get away breaking down metrics. Why? Because they're looking at up and down. And anybody could drop that into a spreadsheet. But if you could explain a way to me that you would be able to cost-effectively have somebody sit on a forum 24 hours a day, seven days a week, sending you live information, it's impossible. I have to make this point, and I'll make it very clear, that my workers – 
by AI, he works 24-7. He doesn't need a union. He doesn't need a health care. He doesn't get sick. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't get married. He doesn't get divorced. He doesn't die. He doesn't go through emotional mood swings. He doesn't get addicted to drug, sex, and rock and roll. He works for you all day long. And with my beautiful team of Swedes, along with myself and my sales team, we are going to make this just blow up. Because what we understand is, is that AI is like a wild Clydesdale. She's a big, beautiful horse, baby. And is she powerful? But if you don't have someone sitting behind those reins, she's going to go run off into the wilderness and you're never going to see her again. (laughs) So what we've realized as being your data partner, we grab the reins so you don't have to. And then you could sit on the cart, take a ride and go through Data Valley and allow us to show you all the sites along the way. And it's as simple as that. Because now it's changed. The times have changed. We're not moving back. We're moving forward. So whether we want to accept the fact that artificial intelligence is replacing human intelligence or whether we don't is really not of importance to me. What I want people to understand is that the ball is already in motion. This has already happened. COVID has driven us into a direction and blasted us into a stratosphere that we have never felt before. The beauty of it is, is because I can get deep rich, keen marketing intelligence insights from scrubbing the narrative. A company even small or medium size can benefit. I become your one-stop shop PR company that runs 24-7. You do not have to worry about anything anymore. You give me a few questions. You give me a few keywords. You let me take care of the rest. Because the time of you wasting your human intelligence on the mundane, which is designed for machines anyway, (laughs) I'm giving it back. I'm taking it back. I'm empowering you. This is the time of change. There is no more need for human labor to be involved on certain processes moving forward. Does that mean I want to wipe out the human race? No, what I'm saying is, is that human intelligence should be used for intelligent things like creating AI. It should not be used for the mundane nature of heavy lifting data. If you continue to use your people to be your data partner, you will kill them. They will drown. They will eventually say to you, listen, there's, there's a point where they're going to say to you as the marketing team, oh, I love data. No, you don't. You love your check. And you don't want your boss to say to you, well, you're out of here then. And you know that you can only deal with the data for so long and it's piling up on you out of control. Yep. Let me come in and take that stuff off your desk. Some very, very powerful messaging. And you know I love cars, so I love horsepower. Great analogy there. John, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Let's have some fun for a few minutes before we wrap all of this up. Let's take a look at John's answers to the three magic questions. Who is your favorite movie or TV show character? What is your favorite movie or TV show? And what is your favorite musical instrument and the artist who plays it? So answers to question number one. When I asked John this question... He said, Jack Nicholson and Jim Carrey. I said, well, that's, those are wonderful actors, but which of their characters do you actually like? So for Mr. Jack Nicholson, Johnny likes the Joker, and he's not alone. 
because I also like the Joker from the Batman movie that came out in 1989, 1990. Phenomenal character. You got to love it. And, uh, you know, some some great representation of Johnny's face on, on these pictures for those of you viewing out there in Facebook Live land. And, uh, Johnny, I do like to join my guests uh, on screen. So there's me as part of your goon squad. I, I think it was right after he shot Bob the goon. Bob was the most famous goon from that movie. Uh, getting over to Jim Carrey, no surprise, uh, Ace Ventura making it to the top of the list. So, uh, yeah, you know, I can't resist it. an opportunity to put you in a tutu, man. That's a perfect picture for you. Uh, but I, I do I do thank you for, um, you know, talking out of the right end on the show today, because if you were doing this the whole time, you know, with, with the way he was with Emilio in the police station talking out of his ass, you might have a couple of people take issue with that. Yeah. The other the other one that came to mind for Jim Carrey is the mask and uh, also some great representation of Johnny there. Smoking is a good way to put Johnny and and his mantras of of things. He's a a fiery personality. That's for damn sure. So there he is again. You like you like me. You really like me. You love me. Uh, Me right alongside of him as uh, Dorian Tyrell, the criminal in that movie. So good stuff there. Uh, Number two, what is your favorite movie or TV show? You know, it's funny that you talk about not wiping out the human race because (laughs) Johnny's favorite movie (laughs) gives a little bit of worry about Skynet and Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Now, while that is uh, Schwarzenegger's physique there, Johnny's is not far off. What he didn't tell you is he is a personal trainer and a health nut. So uh, he is not Mr. Olympia per se, but uh, he's he's all on top of it. Similar physique, uh, not not mine, uh, body by ethanol and, and party over here. But, uh, you know, there's, there, there's Johnny. I'll be back. And uh, there, there they are. Any chance I can make myself, you know, uh, John Connor's age in the movie, really take it back to my youth, I certainly will. Um, you know, another movie out there, again, taking away uh, the human element and making it more of a machine, The Matrix. That pretty good. How, 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 much, how much better of analogies could we get for this guy, right? Oh so there, there he is again, putting on the shades. We're in The Matrix. We're, it's, we're dealing with Skynet. And there's me. I, I couldn't resist putting myself in as a smooth-talking Lawrence Fishburne character. There's me as Morpheus. So I, I can only show you the door. You're the one who actually has to walk through it, baby. Right. And then uh, getting on to number three, your favorite musical instrument and the artist who plays it. We got blues guitar and none other than McKinley Morganfield, a.k.a. Muddy Waters. Blues guitar, awesome stuff, Johnny. Although during the pandemic... Uh, Blues Brothers has been on way too much, and it's one of my favorite movies anyway. So uh, there's you and me as uh, Jake and Elwood, and we're both wearing shades anyway, so very nice and appropriate. Johnny, I can't thank you enough once again for being on the show today. Here's some contact information for Johnny. For those of you watching out there in Facebook land, look up Parlometric. They're doing some revolutionary things in the industry, taking the story out of the data and turning it into impact. I love the concept. I love the go-to-market approach. I love everything that they're doing. So coming up next week, we're going to be speaking with Michelle Seiler Tucker. She's the founder of Seiler Tucker Incorporated, a mergers and acquisitions focused firm. And she's also the author of Exit Rich, her latest book that will be hitting the show 
Michelle's in the download world shortly. We're going to discuss Michelle's six P's that are outlined in the book that go the distance to making your SMB sustainable, scalable, and sellable. Until then, thank you for joining us on Always Friday. We hope you gain some weekend insight to make a Monday impact. Uh, you know, we'll see you next week, 11 a.m., right after Philanthropy and Focus with Tommy D, and right before the Entrepreneurial Web with Jeremiah Fox here on talkradio.myc. See you soon, everybody. Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader the personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.